This morning, we're going to do something that I did at the beginning of the year last year that I was asked multiple times during the last year to do again. And I want to talk to you about um, just how I read the Bible. All right. Uh, And I want you to hear from me today. This is going to be a lot different. I'm not going to preach. I'm going to just walk you through how I do my devotions with God. Okay, Um, how I take time in my day to look at the word, to study it, and how I do that. Now, I want you to hear a couple things before I get started, okay? First of all, my way is not the only way, okay? There's lots of different ways that you can study the Bible, and if my way doesn't work for you, okay. Find a way that works for you to study the Bible, okay? Um, uh, But I just want to kind of show you what I do as I approach the Bible and go through it so we can kind of see it. So this is your first week here today. Um, I I just want you to know this is not how we normally do things, but I think it's important for us as we grow in Christ to to grow in this way. I I truly 100% believe that it it will be impossible for you, it won't be impossible for you to be saved by Christ if all you ever do is, is learn about him on Sunday. But it will be impossible for you to grow in your faith if the only time you ever encounter the word of God is on a Sunday morning. Okay, I just I I firmly believe that it's it's like anything. I like if you're trying to build muscle, go to the gym once a week and see what happens. I'll tell you what's going to happen. Nothing, except you're going to be sore for three days every week, and then you're going to feel better, and then you're going to go to the gym and you're going to be sore for three days every week, right? Like that's all that's going to happen. It takes consistent investments over time to grow muscle. It takes consistent investments over time to lose weight. It takes consistent investment over time to get better at whatever it is you want to do, right? Like if you decide, hey, today I'd love to learn how to use Photoshop, and you take all day long, and you watch YouTube videos, and you go through all these things, and you learn for that day how to use Photoshop, and then you don't do it again for three months, and you sit down, are you going to remember? No. Consistent investments over time is how we grow in anything. And our relationship with Jesus is no different. I want to just, I know this might be a little awkward um, this morning, but Dale is in the back there. I don't know if anybody else is back there, but I want you to hear from me for a second. If you don't have a Bible, and I'm not saying you don't have a Bible with you. I'm saying you don't own a Bible. We want to give one to you this morning. Um, He's right back there. Um, You can go back to Dale and you can grab one, okay? If it's embarrassing for you to do it right now while I'm talking about it, give it three minutes and then go get one, okay? Um, uh, He's going to be right back there. If you don't have one, um, go back there. This isn't if you forgot it today. This is if you don't have one, okay? If you forgot your Bible today, then I want you to get out your smartphone for a second because I'd be willing willing to bet that 99% of you have one. Um, And if you don't have a Bible app, I want you to go on to whatever it is, the Play Store, um, whatever the iPhone one is called, um, uh, get on there and search um, YouVersion Bible and download a Bible. That will give you an app that you can get onto. Um, You can skip the whole registration thing um, and you can just, that just lets you download the Bibles um, and you can follow along with what we're gonna do today, all right? But you're gonna need a Bible today um, because that's what we're gonna do. I wanna point out a couple of things real quick before I start as well. I get asked this question all the time. What do you use? What's your favorites? I wanna just point out a couple of things that are my favorite Bibles, okay? If you don't own a study Bible in here, 
and you don't own any other study tools, I wanna recommend that you save up for however long it takes to take 40 bucks, 45 bucks and buy a good study Bible because it will revolutionize how you read the Bible and how you can understand it and grow in faith. There are a million kind of study Bibles out there. Lots of them are good. I'm gonna point out three of my favorites, okay? I'm gonna just give you three of my favorites. My absolute favorite one that I use all the time, I use it on Wednesday nights, I usually preach out of it and prepare for Sundays on it, is this, it's called the NLT Study Bible. It's finally coming back in stock um, after the whole COVID craziness. This is one that just took a long time to get back in stock in places. It's back down to about 35, 40 bucks. Now it was about 80 because nobody had them. Um, uh, but it's back in stock again right now. The NLT Study Bible, you can buy it online. If you go to our Christian bookstore here in town um, and you show them how much it costs on Amazon, they'll match that price. Um, and you, you, can, um, you can show them and then you can support the local business that way as well. Um, but I, I want to encourage you, um, the, the NLT Study Bible, this is my favorite one. I use it all the time. Um, uh, another one that I find fantastic that I use a lot is called the Fire Bible. That's this one right here. Um, this is, as far as I know to this day, still the only study Bible that was made completely, written completely by, from a Pentecostal perspective. Okay, um, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Bible that was uh, written, um, it was started by a Pentecostal missionary because a lot of people that he worked with didn't know how to read and study the Bible. And so he started writing a study Bible. It caught traction and it became a big deal. This is, like I said, as far as I know, the only one that is written beginning to end from a Pentecostal perspective by Pentecostals. It's a fantastic study Bible. The Fire Bible it comes in a bunch of different translations um, and uh, it, it's good. This other one, this is one of my newer favorite ones. These ones I've been using forever, um, for forever, for 20 years. Um, uh, this is one of my favorite ones in the last two or three years. It's called the Cultural Background Study Bible. Um, I absolutely love this Bible. Again, it is impossible for you to really understand the Bible if you don't know anything about the culture that it was written into. Okay, um, and so this Bible right here helps you break down um, what the culture would have heard when Jesus spoke, right? And, and what it is, can, I'm, I, I've done this before in a couple of different ways and I'm gonna do it again and so you're gonna have to forgive me because I'm about to say something that might assault some of your senses for a second, okay? Um, in another thousand years, if you're not from America and you're trying to read something, Okay, and you're like, you were trying to break down English from, from the 21st century America, 20, you know, like this time period, and you're trying to read it, and you have no context at all. How in the world would you know the difference between a butt dial and a booty call? I bet you didn't expect, that, expect to hear that from your pastor this morning. You would have no way to know the difference because the words out of context mean the same thing, right? But it's only by understanding the culture in the context of how you say those things that you can understand what I mean. I have accidentally butt dialed some of you. I have never made a booty call. <laughs> the words are the same but they mean very different things. This can help with some of that, 
It helps you break down the culture that was written. It's fantastic. It comes in, again, uh, I think the NIV is the primary one that makes this, but I think it does come in a couple different translations. Fantastic study Bibles. All three of these are fantastic. If you don't own one, you should get one. I'm going to move these for a second now. Okay, um, because that's a big deal. If you don't have any sort of commentary and you want to go a little deeper, okay, commentaries range anywhere from $300 to $1,000. No joke, I was gifted a couple of these commentary sets when I was in Bible college. One of them cost $2,500. Um, it's incredible how much you can spend on commentaries. A really good start is these ones. They're the Wearsby Bible Commentaries. There's a separate one for the New Testament, and there's a separate one for the Old Testament. They're fantastic tools to get you started. This set will cost you, I think, depending on where you get it from and depending on the season, between about 40 and 80 bucks. Okay, um, so again, it's not free, um, and I can't. I wish I could make them all free for you, but it's not a backbreaking amount of money. But the Wearsby Bible commentaries um, are are fantastic commentaries to get you started. And what a commentary is is it's um, a bunch of people that get together and try and break down again the meaning more in depth of what you're reading to try and do that. It, it just it has more content than a study Bible can have um, without making that study Bible gigantic and impossible to carry around. Um, so those are just some of the tools that I use almost on a weekly basis. Um, most of those things I use every time when I'm, when I'm studying and I'm getting ready for Sunday mornings, I open up the Wearsby commentaries every week um, and just see um, what they say, kind of balance it along. I'm never, I hope, I'm never so arrogant as to think that I know everything about the Bible right? I read other people's thoughts on it. I don't always agree on, on, on what they write. There, there are times I read and I'm like, oh, that's a nice thought. Um, I don't agree. And that's okay. You can disagree with what somebody else says about the Bible, right? Um, it's the Bible that's the inspired word of God, not a commentary, not a study Bible. The notes at the bottom are not inspired, just the Bible, Okay, um, so, so it's okay to have um, some differing opinions, but I, it's good to read what other people think. So I'm going to go through what I do today. As I go through, there's a couple of things that I do. I, some of you in here, how many of you mark up your Bible left and right? Like you highlight and you underline and you do all those things and you love doing that. That's awesome. I can't do it. I, I can't do it. I, 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 my problem is, is when I was younger, I did that and I would highlight these verses because some pastor would make it come alive and I'd be like, I never want to forget that. So I, I highlight it and then I read it again two years later and I'm like, why in the junk is that highlighted? I, I just can't remember, right? And then eventually what happened was like my whole Bible got highlighted. Um, um, and then, then, and that's okay. If you like that, that's great. I'm not, I'm not, please don't mistake what I'm saying is mocking you. I'm not. If you're a highlighter, if you're, my wife highlights her Bible, she has special highlighters because she doesn't want it to bleed through to the other side of the page. You know, like, um, there's more than one way to do this, but I can't do it. I bought this, um, uh, and it's a special wide margin Bible. Um, so I can write in the margins of my Bible. I don't know if you can see it right there, but I don't underline, I write next to it. So then I can remember why I cared about that piece of scripture. Um, um, and uh, uh, it, it's that, that's how I do it again. Um, so I, I, I bought this one. Um, and I also, when I write, sometimes notes don't just fit in here. I also have a little 
it's literally, it's like, you could call it a journal, you could call it a notebook, you could call it whatever it is. I don't write journal thoughts. I literally write what I read and what stuck out to me that day in here, and that's it. Um, I, I like to do that. It helps me remember. I don't know about you. Um, I wish that my rememberer worked better than it does. Um, uh, my rememberer has never worked awesome. Um, like I can remember the most ridiculous small detail about the dumbest thing sometimes, but I can't remember the year that my children were born in. Right. Like, and so one of the things that helps me is writing things down. Like you ready? I've said this before. This is one of my favorite things. I remember in seventh grade science class learning that a male horse fly can fly up to 60 miles an hour when it's pursuing a female. That's taking room up there. I, I, I have no explanation for why that stuck and why so many more important things won't. I can quote movies that I saw one time when I was six years old. But things I want to remember won't stick up there, right? And so one of the things that helps me remember things is to write it down, right? If I read it, and then I write something about it afterwards. It helps me remember. Now, that might not help you. I don't know. One of the things I had to do was stop doing notes on this, okay? I suffered when I was a child and probably still meet a lot of the markers as an adult from attention deficit disorder, right? Like, um, and so what happens when I would do stuff on here is inevitably YouTube would send me a link, right? Like it would pop something up. Andrew just posted a new song, right? Like, like that, like that, that would happen. A Andrew does post new songs. It's awesome. Check him out. Um, uh, it's, um, it, it, but my phone would do that. Inevitably I'd be reading and all of a sudden Burger King thought I needed a deal on a Whopper, you know, like, and, and so what would happen? I'd click on stuff and pretty soon, like I've been on my phone for 45 minutes and looked at the Bible for a grand total of 35 seconds of it. Now, maybe that doesn't bother you and distract you and you can push through on your phone. Um, I can't. So I, I had to stop doing my devotions on an electronic way. I don't think this is wrong. Again, please don't hear what I'm saying and think I think you're broken if you can do it on here. I just can't. Um, I, I'm too distractible. And so I had to find a way that worked for me. And this wasn't it. It's convenient. I read the Bible on here sometimes, but I can't do my devotions. I can't study on here because I just get too distracted. Um, uh, again, if it works for you, it's awesome. I mean, you have a supercomputer in your pocket. If you can use it to grow closer to Jesus, what an amazing tool. Um, I'm just distractible. Um, uh, so um, I, I want to talk about it. Now, I don't know. I asked Mandy um, to pick out this portion of scripture for me. Um, I, I didn't see what pictures or what portion she, she, she picked because um, I wanted to hit this with you today. Um, so I didn't prepare in advance for this in any way, um, which was really weird for me as a pastor to not prepare for what I'm going to share on Sunday. Uh, she put it in an envelope. Um, and I'm going to open it right now. So we're going to turn to Joshua chapter 2 this morning. I wanted to hit it with you again. Like I don't want to come at it all prepared and all ready to go. Um, but I, I wanted to um, I wanted to do it with you this morning. So we're just going to read through it. Um, I sometimes, there's no magic number for me. Um, sometimes I do one chapter. Sometimes I do two chapters. Sometimes I do four chapters. It all just kind of depends on how much I, I can consume that day and actually like 
benefit from. There comes a point where I've read so much I'm not really learning anymore. I'm just reading. Does that, does that make sense to you? Um, um, there are times where I don't even do a whole chapter. I'll do a paragraph or two and I'll get so into that paragraph or two that that's it. That's the day. I'm going to just dive into that. I'm going to let God speak to me through that and grow in that. Um, there's lots of, lots of ways to read the Bible and grow. Um, that one of the ways that I love to do it, um, and if you go on our website, um, you'll see um, there's a way that you can read the Bible chronologically in a year. I think it's cool to read it chronologically. Um, the Bible from beginning to end um, doesn't go in chronological order right? Like um, the prophets that are all bunched up together are bunched up so they're easier to find. They're not, writ- they're not in the Bible where they occurred in the timeline. Um, and so to like read the Bible chronologically that way really helps you put a whole picture together of what's happened um, in and through there. Um, but I, I just want to um, encourage you, there, there's not one right way, but today, just for the sake of we only have about 20 minutes left. We're going to do one chapter, all right? And so what I do when I start, and I'm, I'm telling you, I'm just going to walk you through exactly how I do this in my office, in my room, wherever I am in that day. So you're just going to have to bear with me. I'm just going to talk you through it. I start with a quick prayer asking God to just guide me as I read his word, right? So Jesus, I thank you for a time where I can come and I can sit down with your word. And God, I pray that you just make your word come alive. God, help me not to read myself into this, but to see what you would say to me through it. In your name I pray, amen. Judges, not judges, I turn to judges, not Joshua. That would have been really confusing for you. I would have been fine. Um, Joshua chapter two, okay? I'm getting old So I have to take those off to read close. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, sent two men as spies secretly from Shittim, saying, go view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and came to the house of a harlot whose name was Rahab and lodged there. It was told the king of Jericho, saying, behold, men from the sons of Israel have come tonight to search out the land. And the king of Jericho sent word to Rahab saying, bring out the men who have come to you, who have entered your house, for they have come to search out all the land. But the women, the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. And she said, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. It came about when it was time to shut the gate at dark that the men went out. I do not know where the men went. Pursue them quickly for you will overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hidden them in the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order on the roof. So the men pursued them on the road to Jordan, to the Jordan, to the fords. And as soon as those who were pursuing them had gone out, they shut the gate. I am going to just take a moment and write something in my Bible because something popped out to me in that. Okay. Um, And that is, um, she straight lied here right? Like she, she, she lied. So I'm writing, she lied to protect them. I'm going to check and see if there's another way that, that, that could have come about. Okay. Cause whenever I see something in the Bible where I see the people in the Bible, um, and Rahab, if you don't know, um, I know this from other study is in the lineage of Jesus. Um, uh, so she's kind of held up as, as this model of some things and she straight lied here. And I want to just take a look at what some other people say about that. So I'm going to write that down here. Um, and we'll, I'll get to this in a minute here. So, now before they lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I'm going to just write that down because I think that's funny. 
they were hiding in the open. It has no spiritual meaning whatsoever. I just think it's funny. It's the way my brain works. They didn't hide in the basement. They hid on the roof. Okay. And said to them, and I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the terror of you has fallen on us and that all the inhabitants of the land have melted away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan to Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. When we heard it, our hearts melted and no courage remained in any man any longer because of you. For the Lord, your God, he is in heaven above and on the earth beneath. Now, therefore, please swear to me by the Lord, since I have dealt kindly with you, that you will also deal kindly with my father's household and give me the pledge of truth. I'm going to stop right here and write this down. She has seen so much of God in them that she is now begging for their God to deliver her, not hers. Um, And so I'm just going to write that down. Verse 13, and spare my father and mother and my brothers and my sisters with all who belong to them and deliver our lives from death. So the men said to her, our life for yours, if you do not tell this business of ours, then it shall come about when the Lord gives us the land that we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. Verse 15, then she let them down by a rope through the window for her house was on the city wall so that she was living on the wall. Okay, can I just stop and just take you into my mind for a second? Because that's what this is about. I think this is funny. I can't see you. I think this is funny. She hid them on a roof and she lives on the wall. And there's an army outside of her wall. So everyone is looking at the wall because the army that they're afraid of is on the other side of that wall. And that strikes me as humorous Um, because if she lives on the wall and she puts them on the roof and everyone is looking at the wall, that means it's not a great hiding spot. God was involved in this hiding spot, right? Because everyone's looking that direction. She's on the wall. She doesn't hide them in the basement. She hides them on top of the roof and somehow they stay hidden. That strikes me as interesting and funny. That's just how my brain works. Welcome to my land. Okay. Verse 16, she said to them, go to the hill country so that the pursuers will not happen upon you and hide yourself there for three days until the pursuers return. Then afterward, you may go on your way. The men said to her, we shall be free from this oath to you, um, which you have made. I'm sorry. The men said to her, we shall be free from this oath to you, which you have made us swear. Unless when we come into the land, you tie this cord of scarlet thread in the window through which you let us down and gather to yourself the house of your father and your mother and your brothers and all of the father's household. It shall come about that anyone who goes out of the doors of your house into the street, his blood shall be on his own head and we shall be free. But anyone who is with you in this house, his blood shall be on our head. If hand, if a hand is laid on him, but you tell this business of our, but if you tell this business of ours, then we shall be free from the oath, which you have made us swear. She said, according to your words, so be it. So she sent them away and they departed and she tied the scarlet cord in the window. They departed and came to the hill country and remained there for three days until the pursuers returned. Now the pursuers had sought them all along the road, but had not found them. 
Then the two men returned and came down from the hill country and crossed over and came to Joshua, the son of Nun, and they related to him all that had happened to him. They said to Joshua, surely the Lord has given the land into our hands. Moreover, all the inhabitants of the land have melted away before us. So I'm going to write a couple more things in my Bible before I go. The first one is I'm going to go back and say, I'm not sure how Rahab knew all of the inner workings of their military. Um, This harlot, um, which is, I'm sorry, if you've got kids in your ears or in here and you don't want them to hear a word, cover them real quickly, um, uh, is another word for prostitute, um, knows exactly how to hide these men from their military. Um, That strikes me as a strange thing. Um, So I'm just going to write that down here because strange things, I like to remember them. Um, And then the other thing I'm going to say here is right at the end, surely the Lord has given the land in our hands. God has given. I'm just writing that in my margin. Um, They know that they can't take the land. They only know that God can give it. And that's a big deal. Um, So now what I do before I read what somebody else writes is I write in the journal. Um, I just write down some of that stuff. So I start with Joshua chapter two, and then I'm just going to write some of the things that stuck out to me. I see a hero of the faith lie. And it seems like she could have not had to. That's not how I'm going to write that. That was terrible English. see God's protection. I see somebody who didn't know God turn his direction because of what she saw in other people. And I see when the Lord gives, nothing can stand in our way. So the next thing I do is I read what somebody else wrote. Ready? I'm not going to take the time to go through the whole thing. I just want you to see my process this morning. And this is where a great study Bible really comes in handy. Um, uh, Or commentaries like the Wearsby ones right back there. Um, uh, You can either read a commentary, you can read a study Bible. I would really discourage you from just going on to Google and typing Joshua chapter 2 thoughts. Okay? Um, uh, Because you're going to get lots of thoughts. Uh, But... uh, most of them are probably going to be garbage. Um, so in this study Bible, there's a couple of things that I can see right away in chapter two. There's a whole section on Rahab, right? In this study Bible, they break down who she is. Um, uh, she's a woman of faith. Um, she makes a brief appearance here. She places faith in Israel's God. Um, uh, Joshua's scouts went there when they entered Rahab, um, 
the promise that she made required her um, to follow through with something. Um, and I don't know if you got that um, when we were reading through. Um, they said, if you don't tie this red cord on there and make sure your family is in your house, then we will not be held liable. We will not be held to account for the fact that your family doesn't survive. So that promise that was given of safety for her family still required her to take action. Right? Like, and, and that is true for lots of us. God will promise things, but very rarely is God going to say, well, I'm going to do this for you. You just sit on the couch and chill. Right? God usually would say, I'm going to do this thing for you. Now, here's how we can make this go, come about. And he's going to require you to be involved in that process. And that is true almost every time. Um, and then right here, like I said, normally I would read through all of this, but just for the sake of time this morning, I'm not going to do that. But um, uh, you can see um, there's all kinds of notes in here um, as you look at it. Uh, Jericho's king assumed Rahab was both loyal to the city and he was completely unaware that her heart had turned to God. Um, uh, verse four through five. It is not necessary either to condone or condemn Rahab's lying to the king's messengers. She might have had no concept of any ethical standards. She certainly wasn't bound to the Old Testament law God had given Israel or the, high, um, or the higher ethical. Uh, she was bound to the higher ethical value of saving lives or she might have thought the higher ethical value, sorry, I got to read this correctly, um, uh, of saving lives required her not to be truthful, um, but we see that she could have told another story and probably accomplished the same thing. So the Bible doesn't condone her lie. You need to get that. The Bible doesn't say, this is the way, lie like Rahab when it matters. Okay? The Bible is simply recording what she did here, not saying this is the way to go about it. Okay? Now, aren't you grateful? Here's what sticks out to me from that. Aren't you grateful that in spite of your failings, God has still used you to accomplish his work. If God could only use perfect methods and perfect individuals, he would never be able to use any of us. Right? God's entire story of working with and on behalf of humans is working with and on behalf of sinners. Except for like, a half a chapter in Genesis before the fall happens. Right? Like, that's it. Since then, he has worked with and on the behalf of sinners. Um, it doesn't say that her lie was good. It just says she lied. And God could still use it. Right? So what I learned from that is, is in most of the places in the Bible, it says, don't lie. But Rahab didn't even know that. Rahab didn't know the old covenant. She was a prostitute in another town with another religion and had no idea what she was doing. And God used her in spite of all of that. That's going to get written down. If God can use her in, in spite of her failings, he can use me. When I feel like I have mined it, which sometimes takes me an hour or two, sometimes takes me 20 minutes. And I feel like God has spoken to me. I usually just end with a prayer. 
God, thanks for your word. Thank you that something written thousands of years ago can still have so much profound impact on my life. Help me not to just read words, but let your word change my heart. In your name I pray, amen. I want to give you a second to participate. We just read through Joshua chapter 2. You heard a few of my thoughts. You heard how I go about this. What stands out to you from this portion of scripture? We just did devotions together, right? You weren't just watching me the whole time. You had your Bible out. You were thinking and praying too, right? What stuck out to you from Joshua chapter 2? Different than me or the same as me. What's up? Yeah. They knew that God, their God, the Jewish God or the Israelite God, was a powerful God to do that. Right. So everybody heard about it. If Crossley heard about it, everybody else did as well. Right. Throughout the whole land, not just them. Yep. God was doing the miraculous on their behalf, and they heard it, right? They heard about him, the, the Israelites crossing the Red Sea. They heard about the Israelites coming through the desert. They heard about how they had, the, the refers to two kings here, how Israel had just decimated these two um, kings who came out to try and stop them. Um, and it was all, they didn't relate it to Israel. They related it to Israel's God. The, the, the power and majesty of that God was going before them into the whole land. Yep. Yeah, doesn't matter where you come from, doesn't matter who you are, if she follows God's request, she's in. She chooses to follow that God, that's it. Doesn't matter who she was, doesn't matter any of that other stuff. She puts her faith on God, he's got her. Yep. Echoing what she said in regards to following God in obedience wasn't just impactful for her, but it was for her whole family. Yeah. If you miss that, her, her obedience brought safety for her whole family. It, it went beyond just her. It went to her entire family. Um, that is the way many times. Yep. God looked at her heart and judged her righteous. Um, uh, didn't matter who she was. All that matters was she met God and started following him. Yep. Her actions that day led her to be on the path that God wanted her to be, and she became the multi-great grandmother of the savior of the world. Yeah. Yep. Her actions that day led her on a, in a path that she never would have thought. She becomes, uh, I think she's the great grandma of King David. Um, uh, and, uh, and from there follows the line all the way to Jesus. She's in the lineage of Jesus, um, this prostitute from Jericho. Why scarlet thread? Say again? Why scarlet thread? 
Why scarlet? I, I don't know that we have a great answer to that, you know. Um, do, you, do you have more? Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of symbolism in the red, um, uh, the blood of Christ, the blood of his sacrifice. Um, I also think that God is really practical, and red on a gray wall would be easier to see. Um, uh, and and I, I, I'm not, uh, please don't hear that in, in any way downloading or downplaying the symbolism. I think that that is there and it's rich. Um, but I think God is, I think sometimes we think God is a lot less practical than he is. Um, uh, and, and God does those kind of things. Yeah, I, I mean, think about that. He's talking about the faith of the scouts to go outside of their group. They go to the house of a harlot. The king and his army is outside of her door and they have to trust that she's not gonna turn them over, right? Like there is so much trust and faith involved in these scouts um, and it, it, it's a big deal, Yeah. Yeah, there's a real enemy. He wants to kill you. That's what the Bible says. He doesn't just want to sidetrack you. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. But we put our faith in Jesus. We hold firm to him. He can't touch you. He can touch things around you. God's enough. That's it. That's what I do. That's, that's, that's how I go about these things. That's how we, that's how we, that's, you know, again, there's lots of ways you can study the Bible. Um, I search the SOAP method. That's a great method. Um, uh, SOAP method of Bible study. I know John's taught that up there with the students. It's very similar to what I just did. Um, uh, the SOAP method. Uh, um, I, I can't, it's scripture, observation, application, and prayer. Is that it? You, you, you read the scripture you observe what's going on, you find an application point, and you pray that that comes in. Um, it's a great method to read the Bible. That's a lot of what I just did. My way just has a few more steps, probably. Um, uh, but um, that's, that's how I do it. Again, if you like to read scripture and grow in it a different way, that's fantastic. There's more than one way to do those kind of things. But I just want to encourage you, don't expect to grow in your relationship with God if you're only going to let one other person once a week approach the word of God on your behalf. If you want to grow in your relationship with God, it's going to require you to get into his word on your own and let him speak to you. You can grow. I believe you can grow here, but not the same way, not consistently, not, not, it requires personal effort. Um, and I just want to encourage you with that today. Um, if, again, if you don't have a Bible, We'll give you one. 
Um, uh, if you want some access to some of these resources, let me know. We're happy to do it. If you want to talk to me about a more in, de- in detailed thing, that's fantastic. But I just want to encourage you this morning, um, get into the word of God and let it grow in your heart. All right, God, you're good. Thank you for your word. Go before us, go with us, help us to walk in step with you. Amen.